Hello and welcome to Of Two Minds, episode 6. Uh, today I'm joined by my good friend Walter and we're going to discuss, uh, we're going to give some bio updates about our lives as usual and then we're going to get into the respiratory system a little bit and share a couple personal stories. And then we have a few kind of current events, kind of political topics to talk about after all that. So it should be a pretty interesting episode where we're going to get a little bit more outside of biology again, but before that, I should ask, how was your week? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. It was pretty much exam week. Took a couple of exams and had a couple of days off school, though, because uh, so that was nice. I did, too. I had Monday and Tuesday off, which is like um, an amazing break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And then uh, tomorrow I'm going to a haunted house. Hey, me too. <laughs> oh, which one are you going to? I'm going to the Scare House in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. I'm going to, uh, um, actually, I don't know what it's called. Hold on a second. It's not Haunted Acres, is it? Haunted Acres. Now it's filled with screams. Really? Down in, down in Lancaster. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, four events. It says it's America's number one haunted attraction. What are the events? Like, is it just like a haunted house or? Uh, it looks like. There's two haunted houses, a haunted corn maze, and a haunted hayride. That's awesome. Yeah, it's down in Lancaster. Is it like one ticket gets you all four things? Yeah, $35. All four. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. Yes, I'm coming up tomorrow to pick Benjamin and bring him down for it. Then Saturday, the same place, during the daylight, they have other events, Uh and they're having pig races. Oh, my gosh. Let's write up your brother's alley. <laughs> oh, yeah. So next week, I'll let you know how that this all goes. That's That sounds really awesome. I've never been on a haunted hayride or a haunted say, haunted corn maze. I've never had either of those. I've been to haunted houses a lot. but oh, there, there's some. I've been on to only I've ever been to one haunted corn maze and one haunted uh, hayride. They were both pretty cool. Like People came out of the woods or came out of the corn with chainsaws. That sounds pretty awesome. Yep, so it should be pretty fun. The hayride is probably pretty cool because it's it, you can't, you know, like they can't stop you, you know? Yeah, you just have to keep on going. Like if you're in a haunted house and you get like scared, you stop or like move around and all that there, it's just like, ah, and it's like, ah. <laughs> and like they're going to keep going into this, whatever they're taking you into. I don't know if it's as scary though, because I feel like I wouldn't be as scared if I knew nothing could get to me, like. That's true, but it'd still be like them, them coming out of nowhere and just jumping on it. And... Oh, they're jumping on and rattling it and like throwing things. Like, okay, that might be pretty interesting. <laughs> I'd imagine so. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. The one that we're doing is it's called the basement of like the scare house. So it's like the more intense version of it. So I don't know how that's going to go. I've never been to like extreme haunted houses. So this is going to be my first experience of that. <laughs> supposedly it's like like very intense i think it only lasts like 15 or 20 minutes but apparently it's like the scariest 15 minutes of your life i believe it so i i don't know i'm i'm excited but i'll we'll see how it goes hey you have to let me know i will know this one goes yeah we'll have to have an up haunted house section of next week's podcast Absolutely. Because it's the season. Because we're done talking about plants, so it's not like we're going to tell people how pumpkins work or anything. (laughs) 
I gotta get some pumpkins and carve them. I did the other day. I gotta do some carving this weekend. I have no idea what to do yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, me neither. I've decided. Aside from that, how have your classes been this week? This week wasn't bad. I've only had Wednesday and today. Today was only a lab. Okay. My labs were... My lab mostly were canceled this week because of the break, so I didn't even have my bio lab. Oh, really? Yeah, whenever... Oh, that's nice. The labs stretch. Like, some of them are Monday, some are Tuesday, some are Thursday. So they usually just cancel them whenever there's a break week because it's too hard to keep everybody on the same page. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and then the next time there's a break week, they'll cancel them again. Just It kind of adds up to, like, I think maybe 12 or 13 weeks of actual lab instead of 15, but... And, like, we don't have labs during finals week, so it's like, yeah, it, it all makes up, I guess. Yeah, works out, man. It's easier than running around trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing this week. Oh, I agree. Yeah, so I, I have to finish up a bio lab report, though, on our, our cricket experiment that we did, so that's I do have that to do. That's I, have, I actually have a lab report that I need to... Get written up here soon. Is it like a full like research based one, or is it more just like a report? Um, pretty much a, just. A, I'm thinking it's just a report. I'll have to double check. Okay. It's due Thursday, so I'm going to start working on that probably next week. Okay. Yeah, ours is like it's an actual like the full abstract intro data, like all that stuff. Yeah, but, we have to do all that, but I don't know if we have to have any outside articles or not. That's kind of nice. Not. That's really nice. Ours, I think we ended up with a few outside articles, so we just have to cite those. And at least it's a group thing. Like last semester, I had one, and it was all my own. It's like this thing takes forever. <laughs> yeah, this one's on my own. Yeah, they, well, all the other ones we've done so far have been grouped for this mm-hmm. class, but this one's our own. Yeah, I took a bio class when I was at Penn State, and it was the number and then it was w afterwards and i'm like okay whatever w and then he's like the w after this course code means writing and i'm like oh fantastic (laughs) (laughs) i don't write in science and he's like well it's a writing component meaning you have to do one lab report that's all i make you do so it's not that bad and i'm like oh i guess that's not too bad i can't complain too much no and i mean it's kind of it's cool like if i ever i'd like to publish a real one someday so that's kind of cool practice The ones we did were like pick a plant experiment and write about it. And it's like, oh man. Plants suck. They do. We had to use, actually, it was a pick a plant experiment, and I thought it was just one experiment, but it was actually all four experiments that had to do with the same plants. And I'm like, well, so I have to write everything? And he's like, yeah, you have to pick each section. Take like, okay. Yeah. Well, I just made my paper from five to seven pages, and I had boosted it pretty big. Oh, I just I just hate writing papers. Yeah, me too. Because there's you can't write so much about science stuff. Like I don't like to put all the BS in there because it's science, right? You want to get to the good stuff. Yeah, like if it's English, it's like okay, I'll make it sound good. But with science, it's like this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. That's it. Yep, pretty much. That, that's all there was to it. Like I don't, you don't need all these small details. But they're supposed to be able to look at it, and be able to duplicate the experiment. Oh yeah, it's like. Okay. I mean, that's extremely detailed, <laughs> but what's important and what isn't, you know? 
Exactly. It gets to the point where it's like telling somebody to open Excel, it's like, no. <laughs> I used a graph. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to use Excel. I, I hate using Excel. I mean, it's not like super difficult, but it's just annoying. It is. It's some class, some, I know some colleges make you take like microcomputer applications and things like that. And it's like, I'm so glad I had that from grade school that I don't have to worry about it anymore. I had to take that in uh, Penn Highlands. That's where, yeah, because Brooke's going through that right now. And I was like, I really hope you don't have to take that because it's going to be like basic. <laughs> I was horrible. It was like, this is the X button. Minuses, this button enlarges or shrinks the page. And like, why? <laughs> it's good for people that don't know how to use it. But my gosh, like if you have any idea how to use a computer, you're really at too advanced for that class. Oh, yeah, because they, they go into such tiny little details. Yeah, and it's like, why are you worried about this? <laughs> In one class we were using, it was like for audio editing and things, and we were using the MacBooks, and I was like, ooh, this is cool. Like I never use MacBooks for school. Like Everybody always makes me use Windows, and it makes me feel like an outsider. People were like, he's like, if you didn't have, if you don't have experience with Mac, like, you know, I just got to figure it out. It's pretty similar to Windows. It's like, yeah, I only ever use Windows. I have a Mac. I like it. It's a little bit cleaner a, and easier to use, I think. Well, I, I, have, I have an HP. Mm -hmm. I have an Android phone, but I do have an iPad. That's nice. <laughs> My iPad is actually the only Apple product I have that I don't really worry about. I cracked it a few years ago. I just use it for YouTube at night. <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah, only I got thing. my iPad from McDonald's. Really? Yeah, yeah, I got it through the uh, from the one um, the one picnic. Oh, that's yeah, your iPad Mini. Yep, still going. That's awesome. Yeah, they don't quit. They just like I dropped my phone on it one morning and it shattered, and like that's the only thing that's wrong with it, really. <laughs> it was such a pathetic day. I felt like such an awful person, but I just haven't felt like replacing it because I don't, I don't use it for anything <laughs> important. Yeah, no, no point replacing it then. Like my phone screen's big enough and my laptop screen's small enough, I can just use both of those and be fine. <laughs> yeah, like my phone screen's decently sized, and then I also have my Xbox, and I can watch stuff on there. That's pretty nice. I use Chromecasts around my house, but I don't use them as much as I used to. They're really handy for like YouTube and things like that on the TV because they're, they're cheap and that makes your dumb TV smart, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, Rachel and Ginger both have uh, smart TVs, so. Mm -hmm. they're, so I, I, don't, I don't always get the, the, the hype on those things. Well, it's kind of nice you could just click a button to watch Netflix right on your TV because that's all I really watch anyway. Yeah. It's handy. Then you don't have to buy any other boxes. Yeah, that's true. We should have a Otherwise, pod. I just connected an HDMI cable from my laptop to my TV to watch it. And then it's like perfect quality, too. Yeah, it works out really nice. We'll have to have a technology episode. Or <laughs> <laughs> we just rant about our random technological issues. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd be up for that. Alright, so aside from lab report and all that, how did your, how'd your exams go this week? Uh, they weren't too bad. The cell biology one was pretty straightforward. It was just multiple choice. Uh, oh, that's not uh, too bad. Endocrinology was all all uh, essays. I hate essays. 
Oh gosh, was it like little essays or big essay? Um, I'd say medium. There was four of them worth twenty points each, oh, and then geez. there was five smaller ones worth like four points each. Did it go pretty well? You think? I think so. I just pretty much put down as much stuff as I possibly could, trying to get the most points out of it. Yeah. Was it like high school biology where you had to hit like certain things? I don't actually know. He really didn't specify what he was looking for. So he just said answer the question fully. So I just threw some pictures here and there. Anything to get myself any kind of credit. Drew some pictures, you said? Yeah, like the one thing was about how uh, GS or G-coupled protein receptors work or something. Okay. So I just drew a picture of the cell, drew the protein receptor on the outside, drew a ligand attaching to it. And... That's cool. And he'll accept that? Yeah. That's cool. I wish that'd be a thing on some tests where it's like you can describe it or you can just draw a picture and like diagram it because sometimes I could diagram things but I just I don't like writing it because it's just like it gets messy. Yeah, it's, plus I just hate writing after a while. It makes my hand hurt. Like, yeah, I can't I can't write as fast as I have the ideas in my head too, and then I, I forget things. Yep. Especially if it's like with bio, it's like if I could just write like a little tiny outline with some bullet points with a couple words each, I'd I could get the whole credit, you know. But until I write it all out, I'm gonna screw something up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it works. That's that's about it. My only news is I might be changing my second major around. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking instead of doing biology and computer science, because I had that set to sort of work out. I don't, I don't know about computer science. Like, I like it, but I just, I don't know if I want to finish my years doing that. Like it's That's understandable. What are you looking into? Well, computer science is interesting, but it's just like, I feel like it's going to kill my GPA, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe do something with engineering in the future instead of computer science. But for now, I think I'm going to switch over to biology and exercise physiology. Exercise physiology. Yeah, it's it's a health science at St. Francis, and it's, I don't know, it gets you a lot of clinical experience, which looks good. Yeah, it definitely looks good on a resume. So I'd have bio, which is more research-based, and then I'd have the ex-phys, which is more applied. So I feel like that That's would help. Not bad. Yeah, I feel like it'd help. And I mean, if I end up not going to any sort of graduate or med school, then I have that to do instead of just biology. But if I do, that looks a lot better. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, and the classes are kind of interesting. I mean, I have to take um, I have to take functional anatomy, which is kind of cool. So I guess it's like take anatomy and add in like movements and muscles, which is like ligands, cool. joints, and how they all work and whatnot. Yeah, I think it's more of like take anatomy and add motion to it, and also biomechanics, which is like biophysics which is kind of cool see that that i wouldn't probably wouldn't mind as much but regular physics i just don't really care for yeah like physics is physics is okay it it kind of kicks my butt at times but i'm really looking forward to taking biomechanics i actually was talking to the guy today and he said i should probably t wait a couple semesters to take it and have anatomy first but when i do he said that's that's cool like i can't wait to learn about that stuff because it's like it's fluid dynamics and all kinds of stuff that related to the body yeah, definitely things you're interested in. Yeah.
So I know the classes are like just more exercise based, like prescription and testing and things like that, which are kind of cool. Like it's stuff that I would never learn otherwise. That's a good point. Like go to the doctor's hey, office man. and ask them what to do at the gym, and they're going to be like, "I'll use a treadmill and leave." <laughs> like they, they could, don't care, and no, they'd be able to tell you everything going on while you're exercising. But as to what exercise to do, they probably have no idea. <laughs> That's why there's like fitness trainers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's also a, a almost a PT degree if I wanted to do physical therapy, but. It's nice to have the option. Yeah, I'm sure but I, you would learn a lot about that with physical therapy. Yeah, it's nice to have that option, but I, I probably won't do that. I'll probably just get my bachelor's in both and then try to go to med school. I don't do movement of people as much as like more like physical therapy. Like the exercise interests me, though. Yeah, So that'll be it. It would look good on your resume and it would... Hopefully, all works out. Hopefully, I mean the classes is like a puzzle. That's the only issue. <laughs> and he wants to take me to take some in the summer, and it's like, oh gosh. <laughs> I hate summer courses. Me too. I was just gonna take stats, and now he wants me to take stats and anatomy. So we'll find out. I don't know if I feel like doing all of it in the summer. <laughs> I mean, if if it's offered, it might take like organic chem over the summer. That way, I can take biochem in the in the fall. Okay. Yeah. If you well, take, I think they're both offered the same semester. If you take for whatever bio, reason. If you take biochem in the spring, I'll have it at the same time as you. I mean, if they offer it in the spring, I'd take it in the spring. But I don't. I, for some reason, I, I feel like Schippensburg offers them both the same semester, which doesn't make sense because you need organic chem to go into biochem. Yeah, and you should at least have one first. I know they might let me take two in bio at the same time, but you said they said you have to have one first. Yeah, so what they should do is like organic chem in the fall, mm -hmm. biochem in the spring. Yeah. There you go. Do you just have to take one ochem still, you said? Yeah, organic chem and an intro to biochem. So not even the whole full-blown biochem, just the intro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mine, I think it's just biochemistry one and two they offer, so I'll probably just take one and probably call it a day after that. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing some pretty like horrible stories about biochem so i'm not looking forward to it oh yeah because we'll we'll be in a class in like my bio classes now and they'll be like well for us you just have to know how these work but if you take biochem or whatever you have to know how they work what they do their makeup their name you have to memorize it all yes yeah, like, no but i did i also did hear that biochem is a lot more memorizing and not so much uh of applying something yeah like not to something so that's not bad. I prefer to memorize something rather than try to learn how to apply a chemical equation to it. Yeah, like chemistry. All I remember doing in high school was so much stoichiometry. Oh, I hate stoichiometry. I don't <laughs> mind it. But after a while, it got old where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't care anymore. Like, I don't care how many moles are in this gram. <laughs> <laughs> well, then again, I just I don't really care for chemistry to begin with so yeah it's not my total favorite i haven't taken any chem classes in a long time so whenever i take mine in the spring this semester it's gonna be rough yeah good luck with that yeah i have to take regular like the second one after the one in high school like the second version of that and then so like I'll chemical dynamics yeah like general i think it's called general chemistry or chemistry principles too 
And then I get into OCHEM and BioCHEM, and probably that's it. I'm hoping. And then you add any more after that, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> All right, well... We guess we should probably start talking about uh, the respiratory system, huh? Yeah, we probably should. We got sidetracked and sidetracked from sidetracks, so. <laughs> That's how it tends to usually work. So we can spend like a little bit talking about the uh, respiratory system, and then we can finish up talking about the few political-ish things you want to talk about. That sounds good. Um, so where to begin on the respiratory system? Um, I guess we should explain, like, we you know, what the respiratory system is is pretty self-explanatory, but mm-hmm. there's different. We explain the different parts that are associated with the respiratory system. We can do that. Um, so obviously, the respiratory system's goal is to get oxygen to your cells and to get metabolic waste out, meaning mostly CO two. Um, yep. Let's see the parts. I'm looking at my one MCAT review book from Kaplan that's like the respiratory system. So that's our little citation so nobody shuts us down. Um, well, it's split into three parts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could see how it would be. This one doesn't particularly do so. Because you have your nasal cavity and then, you know, your, your mouth area, which... Um, you know, consists of the pharynx and the trachea and the larynx. So that basically acts to, but both of those areas actually act to pull air into your system. And, you know, there's this, there's flaps and, you know, cartilage that's used to make sure that it's only air that goes down your trachea and not food. Um, What's that little flap called? I can't remember. Epiglottis. That's I believe. Yeah, the the one thing that I did, whenever we went over this in my one class, it was fascinating to realize what happens whenever food goes down the wrong pipe. Because it's literally like little specks of food or whatever will go down your trachea. And it just produces that, you know, stimulation to cough, to get it out. It's really fascinating because it's like, it's literally just food goes down, your body's like, uh-oh, and you cough it up into your mouth again, and then it can get down your esophagus instead get it out that's such a design flaw in the human body though like why have yeah. like one little flap for both holes well the epiglottis will cover the trachea when you eat um i believe that's how it works but i think the way it works is like when you a lot of times it works whenever you talk because whenever you talk your epiglottis gets confused because it doesn't know which way to go basically. So I think that's what happens whenever people choke a lot is whenever they talk and they eat because little bits of food can go down whenever it, it thinks that you know you need that to be open. This kind of confuses it and that's what causes the choking because yeah. the food that's what's meant by when someone says it went down the wrong pipe. Yeah, I mean it's the wrong pipe. It's whatever you call it. Um, it's meant to yeah. go down your esophagus, but it went down your trachea instead. Mm-hmm. And then that causes issues. Yeah, it, it covers the... I just I just looked it up real quick on Google here. It covers the windpipe, so it covers your trachea. So, you know, it allows food to go down your esophagus and not your trachea. Because obviously you don't want food going into your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and then, of course, you know, it all... 
there will travel down your trachea, and mm-hmm. you have the different parts in there. And I think one of the main muscles in the uh, respiratory system is actually your uh, diaphragm. It is, yeah. Um, we should probably mention the trachea, something that's else that's really fascinating. I like this stuff, so this is like little facts. The trachea is made up of C-shaped rings of cartilage, so if you like feel your neck and you feel those bumps, that's what those are. It's just, it kind of keeps it open, but it's not actually a bone per se. So I did not know that. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what's made up of C-shaped rings of cartilage, because, I mean, basically all your body is either, you know, bone, cartilage, or, you know, flesh, so... It's cool, and it allows for movement, um, you know, not as safe. That's why people tend to choke or, you know, get have neck issues and things like that, I know. But, yeah, and then um, from there, it goes to the bronchus, which it branches out into the, let's see here, bronchioles. So it goes to the bronchus from the left and right, and then into the bronchioles of the lung. And then from there, it goes, <laughs> what's that? Honestly, if you ever have bronchitis, that's actually an inflammation of those. Yeah, because itis is inflammation of. (laughs) And then from the bronchioles, it goes to the alveoli and the alveolar sacs. And that's where, this is like the small little components of your lungs. There's, you know, millions of them. And this is actually the site of the gas exchange, the very, very smallest unit. So that's pretty cool. Um, did you ever, have you ever gone and then, over uh, this? Pneumonia is actually the infection that inflames those air sacs. Yeah, isn't it, uh, yeah, the air sacs are the alveolar, the alveolar sacs, so there's an infection in there, is what you're saying. Yeah, that, and then it inflames it, and then it can actually fill with liquid, and that's how pneumonia kills. See, that's my, I like disease, so. Okay, yeah, I had pneumonia when I was a kid one time. I had it around Christmas time, actually, so that was really depressing. <laughs> but yeah, I I didn't know that. Well, the only thing you've had around Christmas time, huh? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I didn't know that it was an in, like an infection of that though. I knew it was like water got in your lungs, but I never knew that it was like that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 sat- air sacs in either one or both of your lungs they start to inflame, and then it can start to fill with liquid. And then uh-huh. when that starts filling with liquid, you can actually drown. You could drown, and it can also cause your lungs to collapse too, right? Because of the the displacement with the water. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. It can cause then. Yeah. Because in in babies, don't don't they uh, don't they try to like suck the air out of your lung or something? I'm actually not sure on that one. I think whenever I had it when I was, I was real little, I think we use like a dehumidifier a lot to kind of take the moisture out of the air, which was helpful. That's interesting. But I don't. I imagine as a you know a kid in a hospital they would have some sort of a tube. Maybe they'd have like a uh, like a mask to wear that you know like takes some air out of like some some water out of you. I should say. I don't know because my my niece had um, she ended up getting a respiratory virus. Okay. And then she was uh, life flighted to Pittsburgh, and then while she was there, she got the rhino virus, and then she had a double lung collapse. That's awful. All within her first like few months of life. Yeah, I, that happens all the time with kids. I've known people that do that too, and it's like, yeah, they're going to children's hospital because their you know their lung collapsed or whatever, and it's like that's awful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because like their body, of course, is still forming, even though you know it's still 
they're older, you know, they're they're already born, their body's formed. Yeah. But it's still growing, their immune system is still building, so it's much easier for them to contract these viruses. Yeah, I mean, think of when a kid's born, look at its head-to-body ratio. Like, kids have huge heads because their heads don't grow as much as the rest of them have to. So you got to think, your lungs still have a lot of growing to do. And your lungs will actually only grow to a certain size, and if you get taller and taller, they actually just start stretching out. They don't grow anymore. That's interesting. I didn't. I've heard parts about that, that because that's why a lot of people have lung issues and respiratory issues if they're super, super tall. Yep, because their lungs stretches to the point where it's harder for it to contract and get enough oxygen. Yeah, that's also an issue as people get older too. I think with getting oxygen to all of their body because they're so tall, it's like a lot more work for them. Well, it's a lot more work for their heart, obviously. Yeah, a lot of times that height's caused by the thyroid. Yeah, and the growth hormone. Yep. That's interesting. That's a story for a different day. We'll have to do hormones. I don't really understand them very much yet, so... Well, I'm taking a class on it, so I mean, I could... That'll help. ...say a decent amount about that. And actually, if we would if we would go over, like, if we do the shoots to do hormones, maybe before my next exam... Mm-hmm. That would really that would really help me. Be like a little review for me. That'd be pretty cool. You know, to do that. Hormone hormone podcast. We should probably just let me talk about hormones, and then you just correct me the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> just have like a little buzz, and be like, "No, stop!" And then fix what I said. <laughs> like, all right, wait one moment, and this is the correct way for that. Just have a have a button that you can turn off my microphone, and then you can just talk over and fix it. <laughs> because <laughs> i will probably See, I screw a lot up like when it comes to a lot of this stuff we're talking about i don't know like I, i've taken anatomy i've taken physiology mm-hmm. but i'm not the greatest at like the human body and where everything's located i can tell you different things about it mm-hmm. but what i like is the diseases yeah that's kind of cool though because then you get you get two perspectives because like this body stuff whenever i started reading about this just to read over it like it all came back to me because i had to know this for a class and then you go off on these disease tangents, and it's like, holy heck, I didn't know any of that stuff. That's my interest. That's the stuff I would have said worried about diseases. And... That's awesome. So it works out. I haven't had it's... too much disease experience because my schools have never been disease-heavy class-wise, <laughs> but I'd like to. We have a decent amount. That's pretty cool. We're, our, St. Francis is so much focused on like health science, and then... Whenever it comes to bio, they're focused on, like, intense, like, field biology. That's, like, what they're good at. Oh. Yeah, see, um, Shippensburg's actually really good with uh, ecology or environmental biology. So if They actually Francis, have a master's degree in that. That's awesome. I don't know that experience, but St. Francis is, too. I never have found too much interest in that stuff. No, I mean, I like nature. Yeah, nature's I cool. I enjoy sightseeing, but I don't want to. I don't care much about it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people that, you know, you go on a walk with them, and they they'd be like, "That butterfly, this bug, this bird, this bug, this you know, piece of dirt," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, how do you know?" <laughs> it's so. Yeah, some people just like different things. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing though because some people be like, "That's a whatever bird," and it's like, I literally, it looks like a blue bird. That's all I know. <laughs> like, I could tell you if it's a robin. I could tell you if it's a cardinal. And I could tell you if it's like a crow or like a buzzard or something, but that's it. <laughs> I could tell you if it's a pigeon. Yeah, like a pigeon. I know what penguins look like, but ostrich. Well, actually, I might get confused on an ostrich and an emu, to be honest. 
Ostrich are taller, aren't they? I'm not sure. I think they're a little taller and pinker. Australia went to war with the emus. I knew I knew that. I remember hearing about that. That was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting off subject, though. Yes, we are. I um, tend to do that a lot. But um, anyway, so like the respiratory system mm-hmm. starts with your mouth, your nose. You know, you breathe in the, the oxygen. Okay. And other gases, actually, as well. Not just oxygen, but gravity comprises of what is it is it five percent oxygen it's a low percentage of oxygen and then a higher percentage i know of nitrogen yeah i think it's 20 percent nitrogen i could be wrong but oxygen is what your body needs to survive and that's when we went over was it last week we went over cellular respiration yes we did so that's how the oxygen is used now the way you obtain it of course is breathing in either from your nose or your mouth, mm-hmm. and then it travels down into your lungs. And from the lungs, it just the oxygen pretty much hitches a ride on the blood mm-hmm. and travels outwards. Yeah. And then actually breathing in, though, you use your diaphragm. When your diaphragm contracts, it pulls your lungs down, and then that brings all the oxygen in. And then it relaxes and pushes it all back out. Well, all the CO2 and excess gases that we don't need in our body. That's interesting. I did look it up. Nitrogen accounts for 78% of the atmosphere. Wait, well, so is oxygen 20 then, or uh, is oxygen 5? Oxygen's 21, and then trace amounts are the other percent. Okay. Percentages, so I should say. I had it, I had them messed up. I thought oxygen was lower, and then nitrogen was... The, I knew nitrogen took up a good chunk of it. Yeah, that's according to climate.ncs ncsu.edu so that sounds pretty reputable to me i probably imagine it's a college if we had more oxygen in our atmosphere it'd actually be it's very volatile gas it'd just be exploding pretty much constantly oh yeah and it's uh it's it's good like whenever people go to areas of high altitudes and there isn't as much oxygen like they have a harder time breathing but if it were you know and then those people can be very good at running in regular conditions because they have so much oxygen compared to what they're used to but if everybody were just in areas that were just so packed with oxygen i mean humans would have to evolve to adapt you know to be okay with that because right now we're kind of used to this percentage you know exactly if there's too much oxygen like i said it's just going to be exploding in the atmosphere and then insects are going to start getting real huge again and that's going to be pretty scary yeah we don't want that no (laughs) Um, and speaking of, <clears throat> since you kind of explained the respiratory system, mm-hmm. there's not much, I mean, there's more to it, but that's the basic overview. Yeah. The lungs. And, you know, um, your left lung, actually, right under it, left lung's a little bit smaller because right under it is where your heart's at, tucked in there. And it's made up of uh, three lobes instead of two. Yes. Uh, I, was, I, was, I thought that was very weird. Your body is not completely symmetrical. On the outside, it kind of looks like it, but on the inside, it's really not. Yeah, it's not at all, actually. I mean, your intestines kind of, I guess you could say. <laughs> as long as you don't look at the and openings. Then, and then Patrick and I actually have a history with respiratory issues. Like when I was, uh, <clears throat> when I was pretty bad, <clears throat> since, since grown out of asthma, but then, what was it, three years ago? I think it was 2015? Yeah, it was, I think... I think yours mine was, was three years ago. Mine was, I think, a little less than that. Yeah, because mine was June 30th of 2015. 
I was at McDonald's where we used to work. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you were there that night, were you? I wasn't there, but I heard about it. Okay, so I was at work, and I wasn't doing anything strenuous. Just uh, I was actually packing or bagging orders mm-hmm. and then handing them to the drive-thru. And then all of a sudden, I just started having a hard time breathing. Felt like someone was just taking a knife and pretty much stabbing me in the chest. Mm-hmm. So I went down to the hospital, and they x-rayed me. They did an EKG. They did a breathing test, you know, all that fun stuff. And then they told me nothing was wrong and sent me home. So, well, actually, that night, I went out and did my paper route. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I get a call, and the, doctors, the doctor said that he reviewed my x-rays, and my lung actually collapsed. My God, that's called a uh, spontaneous pneumothorax, and I spent three days in the hospital because of that. My gosh, <laughs> I remember learning about this, and I'm like, so his lung collapsed, and they're like, well, partially, yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how does yeah, it's this? Not like the, it's not the whole lung that collapses; it's just a percentage of it. There's like a little bubble that forms, and air starts leaking. Yeah, they so call them the lung can't inflate the whole way. Yeah, they call them blebs, I believe. Did they call yours blebs? I believe so. Yours might have been a little bit worse, because sometimes, like, the blebs mean there's, like, a little bit of air. Well, they didn't even put me under. They didn't even give me, like, any numbing. They just cut me open and shoved a tube in. Yeah, that hasn't been the best for your nerves, I imagine. <laughs> now they caused nerve damage in my ribs. And to this day, I still have breathing and chest issues. Yeah, it's not... It's it's not like a huge huge deal, but it sounds to me like everybody that goes through this has like a different experience with their recovery. You know, like some people are fine. Like I'm like I had the same thing happen to me. I was at work one night and I went home and I was fine. And then I got up the next day and I just couldn't take a full breath. And if I did, it kind of gave me like a stabbing pain. So I went down and they. My mom's a nurse, and she kind of, like, said it immediately. She's like, oh, I wonder if this is what happened. And I'm like, oh, what is that? Like, spontaneous pneumothorax. This is before I even did any, you know, science. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, what, what does that mean? And they're like, pneumothorax, pneumothorax. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they did the x-rays and everything, like you said. And, and it, I think they did give me an EKG, too, actually, which is kind of, they just check everything. But Yeah, they don't make your heart. Any type of chest yeah. pain is that they... Normal yeah. procedure, just to make sure. I didn't. I honestly wouldn't have remembered that if you hadn't said that. But yeah, they did. Because I remember it spat out all the paper. And my mom's looking at it, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, that was what it was with me. And they put in a chest tube, which they did the same for you, right? Yep. So you have to walk right around. Right to my side. Yeah, so you have to walk around with this little box that kind of measures your output, and it lets it drain. Um... And it's not comfortable at all? No. If I wanted to leave bed, they would have to hook me up to a little pump. And I'd have to carry a pump in one hand and this little box in the other hand, and it would keep the suction coming through to kind of get the air out. Um, I remember they almost had to go in at a different area because it wasn't getting better. And they literally gave me, like, the sedation, put the sticker on my chest, and I went into the MRI machine and they were doing it, and I'm like, oh, man, here's what's coming. And they looked at it, and were like, we're not doing this. And I'm like, awesome, no more surgery. <laughs> yeah, and, it's not definitely not a fun experience. And No. Whatever they did with mine, they 
somebody screwed up because the whole time, the whole three days I was in there was nothing but like pain. Yeah, that's not cool. That was horrible. My my days kind of went up and down. The first few days were a lot of pain for me because I remember I was on morphine, I think, and it was one day where it was like, I don't know if that was making me feel like trash. And then once they gave me all those pain medicines, they'd come for x-rays in the morning and just the movement of getting out of bed and going down for x-rays in the morning almost killed me every morning because it was such like just dizziness and it was awful. Yeah, it, it, any type of movement with that chest tube and you can feel it moving around. It just It's a weird feeling. Like <laughs> once in a while uncomfortable feeling. It's very uncomfortable and you don't like knowing things are sticking out of you. And then whenever they pulled the tube out, that was the most that was still like the weirdest experience because it's like a negative pressure kind of thing. Did you, did you remember them doing that to you? I I think so. I mean, like whenever he the doctor came in one day after after I took X rays and he's like, you know, your your lung looks better now. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're gonna remove the chest tube. And he kind of like removed the bandages and he just yanked the chest tube out. See, I wish that would have happened sometimes because the doctor came in with a PA. The PA had never done it before, so he showed her how to like it was called like milking it or something, where you kind of run your gloves along it and kind of get the air out of it or whatever. Which you're supposed to use like a like a Vaseline or something. I, she was kind of jerky with it, so it was like a really really awful experience. <laughs> and I then me, he just yanked it out, and I was like, "Cool." Yeah, and then they yank it out, and it's like they yank it and like hurry up and throw a patch on you, and I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> well, I think it was a. I think it was some just. I think it might have been a PA who. For me, it wasn't an actual doctor. Yeah, I mean that they're fine with it like she did a good job and i mean i was kind of looking at it like well yeah she's pretty young like she has to learn how to do this somehow it's not going to kill me it was just extremely like weird feeling it was especially when they were were inserting it you could feel it moving inside you i always get freaked out on the x-rays whenever i look on the x-ray and there's a thing sticking in my lung and i'm like what (laughs) you could see it definitely not a fun experience it was a lot of pain a lot of hassle yeah I agree. Ten out, ten out of ten would not do again. Yeah, totally. Yeah, would not do again. On a on scale, I'm ten out of ten. On the like any scale, I'm zero, ten, whatever you need to say. Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. It's not worth it. I did find out though. This book goes over it a little bit, but it's the 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 layers of pleura that are like the lube that allow your lungs to slide against your chest wall. That's yes. where the air gets in. And they said that it probably happened to us because we're a little bit on the, the tall and skinny side. You know. Yeah, the, I believe they call it the, uh, the pleural space. Yeah, the pleural space. There's the visceral, the parietal, and the intrapleural space. So the air gets in there. Sometimes when you have the tube in, it could actually cause scarring on the pleural space. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe that was the source of my pain. And sometimes it can get worse, too. Yeah, and sometimes your lung can actually, you have a higher chance of it recollapsing. Yeah, I think they told me, compared to the average person, I have like a 5% higher chance. Yes, yeah, it's not like a horrible thing, but if it does have a recollapse, then they actually have to have, go into your chest and staple the bubble. Yeah, that's something that I was like, I mean, I remember coming home and I was like trying to go for a run and that's like, oh my gosh, am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun, but yeah, not to brag, but it. What they said, a lot of people said it was probably just because 
you know, both Walter and I are on the tall and skinnier side. So whenever you're, you have, you're tall, and I mean, you're taller than I am even, but that's kind of what causes it because you're like, you're right. You know, you grow more than your lungs do. So you have a more chance of doing that. Yeah, but they literally just stretch out. Yeah. And so they say it can be caused by like, if you have a good cough or you, you know, bump your chest, like there's so many things that could have happened. Like that night at work, I could have done something and I was sleeping. I could have done something, but it's, it's kind of idiopathic actually. Like they don't really know what makes it happen. Yeah, and like I said, for us it was just spontaneous. So like my niece, she had a double lung collapse that was caused by a respiratory virus. Yeah, once once you get all that, you know, inflammate inflammation. Yes, I mean she was in there for a couple weeks. It's it's a it's scary whenever there's kids though because you're right. Like that, that the reason why it collapses is because the lung isn't very stable yet, and then excuse me, and then if it you know, you get it normal again, get it, you know, get the baby stable, you know, it's such a worry that it's going to happen again. Well, I mean, so far she's doing, been doing very well. I mean, she hasn't been back to the hospital since. So I mean, once kids get been, moving, like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> like they're off. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, now that she's, she made it through that ordeal, she could take on anything life throws at her. Honestly, like, Kids are the best. Kids are like the testament to society. Like, if we had to show people what are like the happiest beings, you want to show them kids. Oh, absolutely. Don't show All them right, well, the old farts. <coughs> so those are personal stories. So we've got a few minutes here. We can talk about the uh, the political things you want to talk about. Yes. Yeah, so, how do you feel about Canada? I mean, if it goes anything like Colorado did, they're going to make a lot of money off of it. You're right. A little backstory. But a meme that said uh, the reason Canada did that is so that they can cope with the U.S. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little backstory though, people. Um, I imagine a lot of people that listen to us, listen to the, watch the news, listen to the news, read the news, whatever. Canada was the second major country, well, second country in the world to completely legalize marijuana for recreational use. So, not just medical. And not, you know, black market shady stuff. Like, the government actually legalized it the other day. So that's and, pretty well, big I mean, deal. Colorado made, like, billions in tax revenue off of it. Yeah, I mean, there are rules. Um, like, it has to come from a licensed dealer if you buy it or sell it and you're not licensed or buying from license. Like, that's, a, that's an offense still. Um. Yeah, you're right. There's probably going to be a steep tax on it. They usually, have, I think these are usually taxed at like, what, maybe 10 to 20%. Like, they usually really do tax them pretty crazily. Make a lot of money, though. Yeah, and I know there's some stipulations. I think I read an article that said you're allowed four or five plants. So if you grow it yourself, you're allowed to have so many. Um, and after that, I imagine no. you'd have to get licensed for either medical purposes or uh, to become a dealer. Now, does Canada have um, – are they like us? Do they have a legal age? It would be a certain age to buy it? Yeah, they do have a legal age. I'm not quite sure what that is. I think it's 18. I'm not sure how that works. And then I'd also imagine they probably have something along the lines of you can't smoke it and drive a car. That's something that they're trying to figure out because it's hard to test people. You know, like if you can't just take a, a blood alcohol test that takes, you know, 10 seconds. That's true. It stays in your system. 
Yeah, so I know they're trying to figure that out, and because and also different people, you know, some people don't have much impairment whenever they smoke. You know, they're used to it. You know, some people really, really do, and they shouldn't be anywhere near a car. <laughs> so there's <coughs> there's still a lot that they need to iron out, but oh my we'll gosh, we'll have to yeah. see how it goes like next year to see what their tax revenue is, and see how much money they actually made off of it. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty good for their government. I mean, this is one of Justin Trudeau's, their their prime minister. This is one of his, um, you know, long time campaigns to do. And the other country I found a CNN article article Uruguay is the other country. They were the first to legalize it, uh, the production, sale, consumption of marijuana, and now Canada is the second. So I don't see the U.S. being the third anytime soon. Oh no, no, no. I mean, maybe some some states, obviously, like you're saying, Colorado's pretty good at it. Washington State, I believe, and if, there's a few other ones now that are too. Yeah, they legalize it on the state level, but it's actually still illegal on the federal level. That's what's funny in the United States. People can literally be breaking each law, but allowing the other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. So you know, but then you, you were saying about um, a plant or um, a painting. Yeah, that I I've been following this because I I like um, I follow. There's a dude named Banksy, and a lot of people know about him. He's like prevalent throughout. I think he's mostly in Europe. I think he might do a little bit in the United States. And he's a street artist, and there's all the controversy about who he is and where he works and all that. And he's the one that does uh, like he'll paint the ones that like the paintings that say "I see humans but no humanity," things like that. Um, the little girl with the red balloon. Like he just has like little tiny simple sketches that he'll paint around, you know, around streets. Um, there's a version of him, I believe, I don't know if he still goes by it, but at one point he went by, his name was Plastic Jesus, and he actually did a similar thing in Los Angeles. He was like the United States, he was like the LA version of Banksy, and he drove around in this truck, and he just, he did, he's the one that did uh, Stop Making Stupid People Famous, if you've ever seen that around. I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure he's the one that like started that saying, and he like painted places, and he does. He's very political, though. I think he was one of the ones that built a little tiny wall around Trump's star on Hollywood. So he's <laughs> he's very creative and he's very political. But Banksy, and I guess Banksy sells some of his. You know, he takes some of it to auction, or you know, his people do, or however you want to put that. But there was an auction the other day, and it there was a it had a huge frame. And it was just this, this nice painting, and it was with a with a girl, and it just all of a sudden in the middle of the auction started shredding itself. Like it was it was going, and it, it people looked at it. It was called "Girl with Balloon," and it just right there. There's this big thick frame that nobody checked. Like nobody thought it was like a you know, nobody checks these things for explosives, I guess, because they just told the person that it was. An important part of it, like you can't take the frame away from it, so don't bother checking it. So <laughs> that's good security, but it just so. it just started shredding itself, like right there on the wall. So people looked over, and it just the paper fell down through, and it shredded. So he built a shredder into the bottom of the frame, and I read it was supposed to shred the entire thing, and then the art exhibit would have then been an empty frame and scraps of paper on the floor. <laughs> So that would have been pretty cool if it would have went the whole way. Yeah, that would have been cool, but it's still, it's stuck halfway, so it's half painting, frame, and then the shreddings. 
and it's it's really cool. There, there's there's a different thing they call it now. Um, let me see if I can find the name for it because it was pretty creative. But yeah, I thought this was super interesting because he had a remote device. He built the frame with a shredder in it. Like nobody realized it. It was at the Sotheby's, and I think I'm I'm probably mispronouncing that in London. And it sold for one point four million dollars, according to this New York Times article. Well, after it shredded, that probably jumped the value up. I think it was sold and then it shredded. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of one of the controversies. Is like, well, you know, is it is it going to go up in value now, or is it a piece of trash? And everyone's like, obviously, it's going to go up in value. It's not every day this stuff happens. Oh yeah. Here's an article from The Guardian. Banksy auction stunt leaves art world in shreds. That's very creative. <laughs> in shreds. i got to try to find the name for it here before we get off this topic. Because it was really interesting what they called it. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I thought this was just so cool. I mean, it's such, it's such something that a street artist would do. Like, nobody else would think to do this, I guess. <laughs> See if I can check the BBC. How much into art do you know? Do you follow it at all? Not really, no. Neither do I. I like looking at it. But yeah, now this is what they call it. Love is in the bin. Because <laughs> it's like a little... Looks like a little girl that's like a red balloon flying away. And then now it's that only shredded. So it's called Love is in the Bin. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, you got it up on your screen now. I thought that was so cool, though. Like, oh, man. Like, I love stunts like that. That's what makes art interesting to me. Yeah, because he said, it says he re rehearsed it and it worked every time, but then yeah. malfunctioned at the auction house. He, apparently, he released a video of him building the frame, too, afterwards, obviously. I remember... I think it was the day it happened, I went on Reddit, and there's a just posts on there of, this picture is shredding itself. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my gosh. And then afterwards, like, okay, it's Banksy, okay, it's sold for this, okay, this is what happened, this is what went to plan. But it was so funny, because everyone's like, this painting shredded itself. <laughs> and they said they're going to keep the artwork, too, after paying all the money for it. I would. I mean, if I paid that much for it and it shredded itself, that's like a statement. Oh, yeah, it says it's now worth uh, much more. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I will say, though, it would have made it a little bit more awkward if it would have went to plan because then it wouldn't have been one piece anymore. It would have been it would have been a standing exhibit, you know? Yeah. Like right, now, like right now, it's still going to go on a wall in a museum and be encased in glass or on someone's, you know, in someone's parlor or whatever. But if it would have went to plan, you would have had to... Like, what do you do for the... Like, how do you display whenever it's shredded? Do you, like, try to pick it up exactly as it fell? Like, that's the questions I have to ask. Like, in that yeah, auction house... It is really cool, though, like... Yeah, like, that's not every day that paintings shred themselves. No, it is not. I would, it would be cool to see it happening. Oh, people were just dumbfounded. There's, there is a video you can watch of everybody, and they just kind of look at it like, uh... <laughs> What is happening? There's a video here with a quote that says, The urge to destroy is also a creative urge by Picasso. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people looking through, like, Ducomp is one of his names. Like, he's one of the artists of, like, the olden days that used to destroy things. And I know they said they've moved around, like, um, the Campbell Soup. What is why, why am I blanking? Andy Warhol. I guess, like, his Campbell Soup can things never sold. So they just stuck them all together in one frame and sold it, and it did sell then. It's like, there's a lot of art modifications over the years. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I kind of want to like know why he did it though. Like just to make a point. I think. I mean, if you look up his work, he he has he has defamed a lot of the world's streets. I mean, he has done a lot of artwork. <laughs> I looked it up one day. I think they kind of have an idea who he is. He still operates in secret though. I mean, it's kind of just like, you know, he'll plan it, it'll be nightfall, he'll go set up paint leave and then people will just go like on the way to work the next day they'll look and be like oh my gosh banksy hit this place like i love street art like that but i seems like it wasn't even mad yeah i mean it, it's not like it's profanity that's the thing i mean yeah they're powerful statements obviously especially the ones that are political but like these artists never draw like anything like it's not graffiti like it's very well put together paintings oh absolutely i think the plastic jesus guy what he always did is i think he would have big stencils so he'd go out put the stencil against the you know building spray put another one spray put another one spray and he just did that in layers so it was like really really a fast way to do it because obviously you don't have tons of time the cops will find you you know i mean the cops aren't oh gonna... yeah and then and you're going to get some trouble there. Yeah, you get like a vandalism fine. Plus, nobody wants to, you know, have an, a bunch of people watching them do artwork. They just want it to be a surprise. Like, you can't tell me if you were walking to school tomorrow and you looked right next to your parking space and there's like a big picture of Trump with like a big word next to it. You wouldn't be like, wow, where'd this come from? <laughs> That's how it works. It's like they just want the surprise factor. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously this guy's not in it for the money. He just... I don't even know if he would have got that money. Like, I, I think he donates a lot of it, I imagine. Or maybe it goes to the auction house, or I don't I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he takes it. I mean, the auction house takes their cut, literally. And then that's he's, you know, one point whatever million dollars richer. So he definitely could yeah. sell his own work. Oh, absolutely, but I don't think he wants to. That's the thing, like, you or I could make a beautiful, beautiful painting, and we could sell it, and someone would be like, I'll give you $500 for that and put it in my put it in my basement. But these people have a name, so it's worth millions. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, they could literally paint anything just because of the name. Yeah. Millions. That was always a, te like a test on some quizzes I used to take, like, is abstract art real art? Because there's no, you know, if people draw, like, random lines on a paper, is it art? <laughs> People paid literally millions of like someone sold a blank canvas. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, it's like <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, people sold blank canvas, and I know people will like some artists. You know, I've seen artists. I think I saw on TV or something one time, and it was they just take cans of paint and throw them at a giant wall, and that was their art. <laughs> so they just pick up globs of paint and just preschool style throw it at the wall and it looks so cool when they're done but it's like what 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 did you put into that nothing at all 
No, it's like you threw stuff at the wall and hope it stuck, literally. Yeah, that's pretty much all they did, and they get paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. All right, so this week, what, we got the respiratory, we had a, a personal story, we got a little bit of weed news, and we got a little bit of art news. Yeah, I think about this week. I'd say this was a very well-rounded episode. <laughs> it was, it was. Is there anything else that you feel like we should discuss, or are you pretty satisfied? Oh, I'm pretty satisfied with it. Uh, do we have any idea what we're discussing next week? Uh, do you want to do, do you want to do hormones next week, or do you want to wait a couple weeks for that until it's closer to your project? Uh, we can do we can do hormones actually. We start because we already did like the thyroid, the pituitary, and hypothalamus. Okay. So we can talk about those if you'd like. We could even do next week. We could do hormones part one maybe. That works. Yeah, we could do hormones part one, and we could talk about the the, the hormones of the brain maybe. The try uh, trophic hormones. Sounds like a plan to me. If I remember that correctly, that'd be pretty cool. We could, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty solid, though. That'd be a good way to start, I think. Sounds good. I'm sure there'd be something political that pops up within the next week. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could get into like a little bit of like business technology kind of news, maybe with uh, something Google's doing or something like that. All right. Okay. Sounds good. I think that rounds up this episode this week. Yeah, that was a very, very well-rounded episode. I'm impressed. We're talking way more about other things than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it went off a little few little tangents, but that's all right. That's healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I guess I'll go finish my homework for the night and go get scared tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Next week, that's something we're going to talk about. We'll have to talk about how... These uh, these haunted houses turn out. Yeah, we'll we'll give our review and compare and see who's cold. So make sure you bundle up. Yeah, it's gonna be very cold. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'll be wearing a winter jacket. Mine shouldn't be too cold because it's we have to park at the zoo and then we're getting shuttled to like the house because I don't think there's a lot of parking around it. So mine's majority of it seems like it's outside. So it sounds like it. That's cool though. You get four in one. I'd have, I'd have considered that over this one, honestly, just because of how, the amount of time you get. Well, they do this every year, so maybe next year you can you and uh, Brooke can make it to it. That'd be pretty cool. Would it, we should get a whole big group going, and get all scared. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do they do uh, group discounts. That'd be cool. Get your brothers down there and Rachel, and that'd be fun. Yeah, get as many people as we can. See if we can get a discount. Yeah, why not? And get all scared and see who gets scared the most and. Make fun of them. <laughs> that sounds like a plan to me. Next year we'll plan that. Yeah, we should. As long as this one's worth it. If it's worth it, then absolutely. Yeah, if it's Which not. I'm pretty sure it... it's going to be because it was rated number one. So. Oh, yeah. Any of the ones that boast that they're like number one, they're usually good. I mean, there's a million number one haunted houses in the country, but still. It all depends on which newspaper ranked them at. Yeah. Plus, like, if they're not, if they're big, large scale, too. Like, if you can buy tickets online, chances are it's going to be pretty decent. Oh, this one does sell tickets online. So there you go. I mean, if it's a, so. <laughs> people can plan to go, like they're not going to want to disappoint you if you drove all the way there. Oh, no. Because then you'll never because come back. Because this is the whole way down to Lancaster. Yeah, so you're going to have people from New York and Ohio. They're all going to be looking for that. Yep. That'll be a solid experience for you, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they're open rain and shine. Doesn't oh, matter. They're open. I wouldn't want a wet hayride. <laughs> No, that would suck, but, but if, I'm going the whole, if I'm driving the whole way down to Lancaster... You're getting your money's worth one way or another. 
Yeah, I guess it's about an hour for me, so it's not too bad. That's yeah, not bad. Mine, I think that'd be about three hours for me. Lancaster's pretty far out of there. You probably made that trip before, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I've been, Rachel's parents live down by Lancaster, so anytime we go down to visit them. I thought they lived in Altoona. No, no. Rachel lived in Altoona, and her sister lives in Altoona, but her parents live in Lancaster. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. I thought, that, I thought she lived whenever you guys had your place. I thought that it was just, like, with them. Nope, she hasn't lived with them in a while because they, they originally were from Altoona and then they moved to Texas and then from Texas, Jeez. or no, yeah, from Texas they moved to Kentucky, and then from Kentucky her parents moved back up here and she moved to Utah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then she moved from Utah back to Altoona and then from Altoona down here to Chambersburg. So yeah, she's all over the place. She's been around. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I love Kentucky. That was that's a fun state. It's a long state. It is. When I went there to Louisville for nationals and forensics, that was awesome. Like it's such a cool area. I didn't do much in Kentucky. Just pretty much drove through, stopped at a few little places on the way. Yeah. Out of Arkansas. There's not a ton of stuff to do, but it's just cool. I think just everything there. It's like all southern, but it's not like it's not like you know overpoweringly southern. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice area. I mean, I, I just, going out towards the Midwest is all. Yeah, all of it's a lot of nice area. People don't realize that. I think they just look at it like, oh, it's just a bunch of southern bumpkins. Cornfields. <laughs> yeah, cornfields. And it's like, wow, well, yeah, there's a lot of corn, but there's a lot of other stuff, too. Absolutely. Like, you got to Kentucky, and it's like, there's all these buildings that have all these company names on them, and there's the Yum Center, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's like literally just industry. <laughs> but it's also industry dominated by KFC and its companies that own it. Yeah, that's true. So freaking Pepsi owns half of Kentucky, I imagine. Yeah, we actually stopped at a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Kentucky. That's awesome. They should just I call to get it... Kentucky Fried Chicken from Kentucky. They so should yeah. just call it Fried Chicken. <laughs> yeah, I guess they down there they don't call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. They just call it our Fried Chicken. Home. <laughs> it's called Home, home. Fried Chicken. <laughs> It's just called home. Like, come home. <laughs> it's just home. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Absolutely. All right, so enjoy yourself. Yeah, and you we too. will talk uh, next week. Yeah, we will next Thursday. We'll have our nice... I'm going to do a little bit of research ahead of time, so I'm not so out of it. Yeah, I'll bring my class notes. All right, that sounds like a plan. All righty, sir. All right, well, you have a fun time. Have a fantastic week, and good luck with your school endeavors. Yep, good luck with everything to you too, and have a good time. Alrighty, I will try. <laughs> Alright. Alright, have a good one, Walter. It's been fun. Yes, sir. Thank you. Farewell for now. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.